so much worse than a howdy. Hi, friends. Ugh. Hi, friends. It's like a really tired, sick, Lee version of a vocal fry. I don't even know. If it was inside of a lizard. It, coming out of a lizard? Yeah. Or I'm, I'm re- reporting live from inside a lizard. <laughs> no, like the lizard opens its mouth and you're inside of there going like, hey, guys. Am I really small? Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yeah. It's me, not inside of a lizard. My name is Taylor, and this is a podcast I started with my friend Becca. That's me, I guess. Yeah, that's you. It's a podcast called Ghost Emoji, and this is it. Welcome. You thought you were the only one who could could spice things up and turn it around. No. The old openings are dead. Who knows what they'll be from now on? I mean, I wasn't trying to, like, you know, uproot the whole system. I just thought, you know, let's spice things up a little. Root and stem. (sighs) Goodbye. Okay. Hello, friends. (laughs) Hello, friends is dead. (laughs) It's my new best friend. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll work on it. I'm just... I'm going through changes, and I just wanted to to shake things up. Who knows? Next week, it could just be uh, regular old hey friends. No matter what it is, it's still ghost emoji where we talk to you about weirdo things. Weirdy weirdo things. And this week, it's all about the weirdo weirdiness of the curse of King Tutankhamen. That's right. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, King Tutankhamen, more commonly known as your boy, King Tut. Becca did our research this week. Thank you. No problem. Slapped it together in an hour. An hour? Yep. Oh my god, we're gonna start speedrunning these. Oh yeah, I did this in 15 minutes, and it's all wrong! (laughs) I mean, that's- I'm not saying it's all good. I'm just saying I got it done. (laughs) Don't- don't- don't get me wrong. Although I did actually read through this more than some of the times that I've done this. (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i just assume they're gonna make sense and sometimes they really don't i'm like they made an article i'm just gonna copy and paste this paragraph and then we're reading it and i'm like this person was a fool and i'm a fool too yes (laughs) plagiarism yep tell me about it tell me about the history of king tutankhamen oh yeah this is i at first i said a brief history and then i was like this is like a fucking page so I took that out. So let's let's talk about King Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun, supposedly. So he lived from 1341 to 1323 BC, and he was an Egyptian pharaoh of the 18th dynasty, which ruled, and he ruled from 1332 to 1323 BC in the conventional chronology, whatever that means. Any history buff probably knows what that means. I don't know what that means. During the period of Egyptian history known as the New Kingdom or the New Empire period, um, he has since the discovery of his intact tomb been referred to colloquially as King Tut. Um, originally, he was named Tutankhaten meaning living image of Aten, um, which is the disc of a sun of the sun in ancient Egyptian mythology, and originally an aspect of the god Ra, 
But then once his reign started, he changed his name to Tutankhamun. And it's because we find out later, but he like, he changed a lot of the policies that his dad had put into place and they stopped worshipping Aten and started worshipping Amun again. So that's why the name changed. And that's why a lot of the characters' names, or not characters, but uh, people's names change. Just to clarify things. Tutankhamun was the son of Akhenaten, um, and he was formerly Amenhotep IV. And then his mom was one of Akhenaten's sisters, or possibly one of his cousins. They, they're not sure. They did a whole, like, DNA thing on this. But um, he ascended to the throne in 1333 BC at the age of 9 or 10. When he became king, he married his half-sister. They really kept it in the family. And unfortunately, like... His half-sister, Akasatapatin, who later changed her name. I'm just butchering these. I'm so sorry. Anaximun. And a lot of them didn't have pronunciations. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to fast and loose it. But anyways, they had two daughters, neither who survived infancy. So in 2011, they found out that one was born premature at five or six months. And then the other was born at full term, but died like soon after and um she had spina bifida scoliosis and springles deformity which is a condition affecting the placement of the scapula i'm just talking about this because king tut died at like 18 or 19 and he apparently had a lot of the same issues um like he had scoliosis and he was only like five foot six he had large front incisors and an overbite that was characteristic of the thutmacid royal line to which he belonged Between September of 2007 and October of 2009, various mummies were subjected to detailed anthropological, radiological, and genetic studies as part of the King Tutankhamun family project. And the research showed that he had a slightly cleft palate and possibly a mild case of scoliosis, a medical condition which in the spine deviates to the side from the normal position. They also examined his body, which revealed deformations to his left foot, which was caused by necrosis of bone tissue, and the affliction may have forced him to walk with a use of a cane, many of which were found in his tomb. And then in DNA tests of his mummy, scientists found DNA from the mosquito-borne parasites that cause malaria, and that's actually the currently, like, the oldest known genetic proof of the disease. Mm. <laughs> he had more than one strain of malaria inside of him. Weird flex, but okay. Rough. <laughs> Basically, he had like necrosis in his foot, and then he also had some sort of like fracture in his left thigh, thigh bone. And so that combined with like his immune system being weakened by the malaria probably is what killed him because there's also like a mystery surrounding like what killed him they're like oh maybe he was assassinated or just a lot of speculation because i guess he was buried really fast the reason they know that is because um a lot of the paint that was painted on like the things he was buried with like left impressions on other things that it bumped against so they were like they didn't even let the paint dry before they like started putting shit in there so Mm. but it could just be that they did a rush job I don't know. But his reign was super short because, like I said, he was only 18 when he died. In his third regnal year, under the influence of his advisors, who were probably very powerful since he was so young, um, he reversed several changes made during his father's reign. He ended the worship of the god Aten and restored the god Amun 
to supremacy. The ban on the cult of Amun was lifted and traditional privileges were restored to pre- to its priesthood. The capital was moved back to, is it Thebes? I thought it was Thebes. That's just my first thought, best thought. How do you pronounce Thebes? Thebes. Yep. Okay. It's Thebes. Called it. Thanks, YouTube. That sounded like me saying it. Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you get Taylor in there? That was so fast. I'm in your house. (laughs) Look behind the computer. It's me. (laughs) The capital was moved back to Thebes and the city of Akatatan was abandoned. And this is when he changed his name to Tutankhamun, the living image of Amun which reinforced the restoration of Amun. As part of his restoration, he initiated building projects, in particular at Karnak and Thebes, where he dedicated a temple to Amun. But we also need to remember that this was most definitely probably slave labor. So let's not pat him on the back too hard. Many monuments were erected, and an inscription on his tomb door declares the king had, quote, spent his life in fashioning the images of the gods, end quote. So, all that to say, he's buried in a tomb. And he's a baby. And he's a baby. There's no curse, like, there's no, like, inscription of a curse on his tomb anywhere. Just laying it out there. Is that, will that come into play later? Yes. But now you know a little bit more about good old ya boy. Now I know a lot about him. I thought he was murdered. Nah. That's, I could have sworn one time, like, in college... It wasn't Lifetime. They don't talk about Tutankhamun on the Lifetime channel. National Geographic? I don't know. History mm-hmm. Channel, I bet. I feel like it was one of those where it was a real real spicy commercial where it's just like, this Friday, when you're not doing anything, watch our new documentary. He was murdered, probably for sure. <laughs> I mean, all the stuff I found was like, there's a lot of speculation that maybe he was assassinated or murdered, but... From what they can tell, he had, like, a bunch of strains of malaria all up in his body, uh, a necrotic foot, and another wound on his thigh that probably did it in. He, and he wasn't ro- rolled over by a chariot? He didn't get run over? Nope. Not that I not that I read. Okay. Which, I wonder where I'm having this recovered memory. <laughs> I could have sworn he got like hit on the head and run over and they were like we had no idea but he was definitely assassinated they talked about blunt force trauma to his head but he didn't actually have any I think they oh. thought that because of maybe like his skull had decayed or something but from what I was reading they were just like nope probably just malaria maybe someone just hit his mummy in the head I mean you know sometimes people aren't good at that sort of thing I guess we'll find out. I'm just, I'm a character assassinating people left and right and just regular assassinating people. I mean, all of the stories you came up with that you're recovering in your memories are way more interesting (laughs) than I had six fucking different versions of malaria and I didn't take care of my foot. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Dip it in honey. (laughs) The Egyptians loved honey. Honey heals everything. It doesn't. Put some honey on it. (sighs) Put some honey on it and call me in the morning, tut. Blah. Blah. All right. Mm, I'm just thinking about some nice, like, tea and honey. Mm. Curse of the Pharaohs. You get the interesting parts. Hell yeah. So, Curse of the Pharaohs. It's an alleged curse. 
as with most curses. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Believed by some to be cast upon any person who disturbs the mummy of an ancient Egyptian person, especially a pharaoh. Hence, curse of the pharaohs. Yep. This curse, which does not differentiate between thieves and archaeologists, allegedly can cause bad luck. Illness. Not to be a dick, but is there really a difference? Yes. Mm-hmm. Becca? How are we going to learn about these past civilizations unless we carefully and respectfully break in and look at everything? (laughs) I mean, like, I don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of value to it, but I also feel like it's a little fucked up that we, like, break in, take a bunch of their shit out of the places that they've been for centuries, and then we're like, okay, time to, like... Put them in a museum where only, like, people who could afford to go and see them can see them. Yeah, but you know who was seeing them before? Nobody, because they were locked in the fucking ground. (sighs) Where they were put. Yeah, because they were supposed to go into the afterlife with them. Not doing them any good. They're fucking dead. We don't know. We don't know what happens. Well. I'm just saying. You're trying to have a spicy take here. (laughs) I have some... Some uh, complicated feelings about it is all I'm saying. Well, I mean, I feel like when I when I say thief, I'm imagining someone who's come across this, broken in, and then they just like sell it on the black market without attempting to like look at any of the anthropological the history or learn from it. Because some of these places, like they're they're so old, we don't know anything. It's true. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all bad. I just. It's more back then. I have like less good feelings about it, but I still mm-hmm. also feel like there's we take items from their like historic homes and then we basically like put them in European museums where nobody from the actual culture can like get access to them unless they travel, which I think is a little fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the putting them in museums and stuff like that can be kind of messed up. The act of actually studying them doesn't bother me. No, as much. that doesn't bother me at all. It's taking them and then putting them on display, but like severing that access to them from the cultures who like came from that seems a little shitty. Let me get into the VR machine and just go look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Why can't I hop into VR chat and go to Egypt with my friends Sonic and Kiana Reeves and Hatsune Miku? I want to go to Egypt and I want to look at the pyramids of Giza with my internet friends. You know what else I want from VR? You already know this because I've talked about it. I just want to be able to like lay in Shepard's room on the Normandy in VR and like look at the space and like sit on the bed and be like, this is my room. And eat some snacks. Yeah, just chill. Like, it would be so relaxing. It would be. One day. In our lifetime, I think that we'll be able to do that. Let's get back into the Curse of the Pharaohs. I'm so sorry. Let let me at them. Alright, where the heck even was I? Alright, so this curse kills people, maybe. Since the mid-20th century, many authors and documentaries have argued that the curse is real, in quotes, in the sense that having scientifically explicable causes such as bacteria or radiation. However, 
the modern origins of Egyptian mummy curse tales, their development primarily in European cultures, the shift from magic to science to explain curses, and their changing uses from condemning disturbance of the dead to entertaining horror film audiences suggests that Egyptian curses are primarily a cultural, not exclusively scientific phenomenon. And I'm guessing with the whole, like, what's it called? Like, bacteria radiation thing is like, you break into a tomb, and by break into, I mean... Go in and explore. Mm-hmm. Guns blazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the mummy. Like, <laughs> sign me the fuck up to watch the mummy. But, but as far as like you know, like old bacteria or like stuff that hasn't been exposed to open air for a long time, and our bodies are like, what the fuck? I thought you were dead. And it was like, you're dead now, bitch. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, so something like that, I guess I can understand. But that's not a real curse. That's just karma? Germs. That's germs. That's karma, baby. There are occasional instances of genuine ancient curses appearing inside or on the facade of a tomb, as in the case of the Mastaba of Kentinka Ikeki of the 6th Dynasty at Saqqara. These appear to be directed towards the Ka priests to protect the tomb carefully and preserve its ritual purity rather than as a warning for potential robbers. There had been stories of curses going back to the 19th century, but they multiplied after Howard Carter's discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun. Uh, despite popular misgivings, no curse was actually found inscribed in the pharaoh's tomb. The evidence for curses relating to King Tutankhamun is considered to be incredibly meager. Them's fighting words. In 20, 1922, the discovery by Howard Carter of Tutankhamun's nearly intact tomb, uh, funded by Lord Carnav- Carnarv- Carnarvon, mm. what a name, received worldwide press coverage. It sparked a renewed public interest in ancient Egypt, for which Tutankhamun's mask, now in the Egyptian Museum, see, that's fine. If it's going to stay in Egypt, totally cool remains the popular symbol. Exhibits of artifacts from his tomb have toured the world, and in February 2010, the results of DNA tests confirmed that he was the son of the mummy found in the tomb, KV-55, believed by some to be Akhenaten, which is his dad. Um, <clears throat> his mother was his father's sister and wife, complicated, uh, whose name is unknown, but whose remains are positively identified as, quote, the younger lady, mummy found in KV-35. The deaths of a few involved in the discovery of Tutankhamun's mummy have been popularly attributed to the curse of the pharaohs in spite of the fact that no such curse was written anywhere in Tutankhamun's tomb. Like we said earlier, curses are relating to tombs are extremely rare, possibly because the idea of such desecration was unthinkable and even dangerous to record in writing. Uh, They most frequently occur in private tombs of the Old Kingdom era. The tomb of Anktifi, which was from the 9th to 10th dynasty, contains the warning, quote, any ruler who shall do evil or wickedness to this coffin may Heman, a local deity, not accept any goods he offers and may his heir not inherit, end quote. So, I mean, that's not even that, like, that's just like, I hope you have a bad time. That's not even that. That's not like I'm going to rise from the dead and suck out all of your organs. The tomb of... Kentika Ikeki, from the 9th to 10th dynasty, contains an inscription, quote, As for all men who shall enter this my tomb impure, there will be judgment. An end shall be made for him. I shall seize his neck like a bird. I shall cast the fear of myself into him. See, that that frightens me. I would not touch her, her tomb. 
How is she handling birds? Rough, I guess. I'm gonna she- grab it like a turkey neck and I'm gonna I'm gonna snap it. Gobble gobble, motherfucker. Don't let her babysit your bird over the holidays. <laughs> she, she does, your bird's gonna fucking die. <laughs> Curses after the Old Kingdom era are less common, though more severe, sometimes invoking the ire of Thoth or the destruction of Sekhmet. Uh, Zahi Hawass quotes an example of a curse, quote, Cursed be those who disturb the rest of a pharaoh. They that shall break the seal of this tomb shall meet death by a disease no doctor can diagnose. That's also pretty rough. You've been cursed. It's just every time that you get that thing on your toe and you're like, what is this? What is this? Do I have hammer toe? Is this hammer toe? No, it's not hammer toe. (laughs) Okay. Well, tell me about the people who have died from the curse. I know. Could you have put more, like, symbols around the word curse? No. (laughs) There's, I mean, yes. There's all these but like no. tildes and commas and question marks. So I definitely feel like it's supposed to be like people who have died from the curse. Yeah, that was that's how you're supposed to read it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you picked up what I was putting down. I picked it up. But I put it right back down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> Pick it back up. I'm leaving it there. I'm too oh. tired. I gotta read about George Herbert. George. Herbert, 5th Earl of Carnarvon. Carnarvon. What a bad last name. Carnarvon. Carnarvon. Mm-hmm. Carnarvon. Mm. It's like, car. you, you want to say like carnival, but then you're like, no, it takes a weird turn in my mouth. Take a car and you turn it around inside of your mouth. The first to succumb to the supposed curse, Lord Carnarvon. Accidentally tore open a mosquito bite. Ew, tore it open. Just say he scratched it. Yikes. I ripped it open. Yikes on bikes. Tore open a mosquito bike while shaving and ended up dying of blood poisoning shortly thereafter. And here I was worried about drinking a mosquito in my coffee today. Yeah, sorry I told you that you'd get worse. <laughs> I got it mixed up with fleas. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I know it's one of those bugs. I walked pa- past Becca... At work, and I'm bummed because I walked away from my coffee for two seconds, and I got a weird feeling, and then I walked back, and there was definitely a mosquito in it because it's been raining a bunch, and they're everywhere, and it's a mess. Obviously, I poured it out, but Becca was like, yeah, if you drink it, you get worms. And I was like, oh, gross. And then a little while later, she told me it was actually from fleas, and I almost never eat fleas, so I'm totally fine. Whoops. I mean, I was right about the other mosquito fact. Yeah. I can't be right all the time, Taylor. God. Only lady skeeters drink blood. Yep. Dude skeeters, just here for the nectar. They're vegetarians. Lady mosquitoes are here for the people nectar. It's true. They want that good, good, that good, good uh, red juice that lives inside of you. Mm, The red bang. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm. All right. We're never going to get through this. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I got to stay on track. He exploded shaving, and he got blood poisoning two weeks before Carnivar died. I'm just, can we call him something else? Just call him George. Two weeks before George died, 
Marie Corelli wrote an imaginative letter that was published in the New York World magazine in which she quoted an obscure book that confidently asserted that dire punishment would follow any intrusion into a sealed tomb. A media frenzy followed with reports that a curse had been found in the king's tomb, though this was untrue. This was a lie. Yeah, she just made it up. Mm. The superstitious Benito Mussolini, who had once accepted an Egyptian mummy as a gift, ordered its immediate removal from the Palazzo Chigi. So we got some fascists hanging out in here. Hello, Benito. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, what are you doing here? This is a wild ride. I don't know what's going on. Creator of Sherlock Holmes suggested that old Georgie Porgy's death had been caused by elementals created by Tutankhamun's priest to guard the royal tomb. He was an author, so he's just letting his fan fiction run wild. <laughs> this further fueled the media interest. What so did he just like go to someone and be like, I heard it's ghosts. It's the 20s. Anything goes, baby. Man, people were all over this this spirity, ghosty shit. Arthur Weagle reported that six weeks before George's death, he had watched the Earl laughing and joking as he entered the king's tomb and said to a nearby reporter, H.V. Morton, I give him six weeks to live. Rude. Rude. The first autopsy carried out on the body of Tutankhamun by Dr. Derry found a healed lesion on the left cheek. But as George had been buried six months previously, it was not possible to determine if the location of the wound on the king corresponded with the fatal mosquito bite on George Herbert, the Earl. That's a stretch. Yeah. A study of documents and scholarly sources led The Lancet, a weekly peer-reviewed general medical journal, um, is among the world's oldest, most prestigious, and best-known general medical journals. Okay, The Lancet. Jesus, pleases. <laughs> the Wikipedia went on. I was like, I feel like that's plenty. They're like, no, The Lancet is good. <laughs> it's like, I, if you were good, you wouldn't have to convince me that you're good, but okay. So The Lancet concluded as unlikely that uh, George's death had anything to do with Tutankhamun's tomb, refuting another theory that exposure to toxic fungi, mycotoxins, had uh, contributed to his demise. So like in The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. The report points out that the Earl was only one of many to enter the tomb on several occasions and that none of the others were affected. The cause of George Herbert's death was reported as pneumonia supervening... That's a made-up word. Supervening? Mm -hmm. On facial erysipelas, a streptococcal infection of the skin and underlying soft tissues. Pneumonia was thought to be only one of the various complications arising from the progressively invasive infection that eventually resulted in multi-organ failure. The Earl had been prone to frequent and severe lung infections, according to The Lancet, the greatest medical journal ever created. <laughs> <laughs> and there had been a general belief that one acute attack of bronchitis could have killed him. In such a debilitated state, the Earl's immune system was easily overwhelmed by erysipelas. The legend has it that when Georgie Porgy died, all the lights in his house mysteriously went out. Sounds fake. But wouldn't it be cool? Number two, Sir Bruce Angum. That's a way easier name. <laughs> 
<laughs> Howard Carter, the archaeologist who discovered the tomb, gave a paperweight to his friend Ingham as a gift. The paperweight appropriately, or perhaps quite inappropriately, consisted of a mummified hand wearing a bracelet that was supposedly inscribed with the phrase, Cursed be he who moves my body. Ingham's house burned to the ground not long after receiving the gift, and when he tried to rebuild, it was hit with a flood. I mean, honestly, like, if your friend gives you a stolen, mummified hand, you both suck. Is that real, though? Because it says whoever moves my body or whatever, like, did he steal King Tut's hand? In a tomb, there's multiple, like, rooms with different mummies in different places. And he's just going around chopping off hands? Guess so. Catch these hands. That's what I'm saying when when they were like thieves or archaeologists, and I'm like, okay, that guy's technically an archaeologist, but that's that's something a thief does. Okay, so that's rude. I'll do. Do you with see that. what I'm saying? <laughs> that is definitely rude that he would do that. But this guy, he do he didn't he didn't die. He just no, it's just like misfortunes. Okay, George J. Gould. Gould was a wealthy American financier and railroad executive who visited the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1923 and fell sick almost immediately afterwards. He never really recovered and died of pneumonia a few months later. Ouch, baba. I mean, I feel bad, but, like, everyone died of pneumonia in the 20s, so, like, okay. Once it gets carried away, I mean, pneumonia's pretty scary now. Pneumonia can fuck you up. Number four, Aubrey Herbert. It's said that Lord Carnivon's... Carnarvon's, you know who he is, George. His half-brother suffered from King Tut's curse merely by being related to him, which sounds fake. Aubrey Herbert was born with a degenerative eye condition and became totally blind late in life. A doctor suggested that his rotten infected teeth, that's rude, were somehow interfering with his vision and Herbert had every single tooth pulled from his head in an effort to regain his sight. It did not work. He did, however, die of sepsis as a result of the surgery just five months after the death of his supposedly cursed brother. That's sad. It is sad, but also, why was his doctor like, eyes don't work good? Those teeth gotta go. I'm telling you, the 20s were wild. I thought it was all just dancing and flappers and and bobs and speakeasies. Nah, my dude, there's a lot of sepsis and fucking pneumonia. Hugh Evelyn White. Evelyn White, a British archaeologist, visited Tut's tomb and may have helped excavate the site. After seeing death sweep over about two dozen of his fellow excavators by 1924, Evelyn White hung himself, yikes, um, but not before writing, allegedly in his own blood, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear. I feel like that sounds more like uh, depression or um, mental illness. Yeah, so 24 people beefed it after this this thing um i think that might be not true let me look so i knew like from what i read it was like okay yeah like i know a handful of people died but they were like some of them died like way way later eight died within a dozen years okay so a little short of 24 but who's really counting i mean this came (laughs) from this list came from i think mental floss so take it with a grain of salt get it together mental floss we're counting on you the rest of the stuff was from history.com and wikipedia i know history.com's got me because they're the ones who made me watch that documentary in my recovered memory from college i feel like i (laughs) i can see our old apartment i can see myself sitting on that big like 
ugly couch. A big ugly love sofa thing. Is that what they're called? God, love sofas? Thing. Yeah, it was a love seat. Love seat. I like love sofa better, so it's a love sofa now. Love sofa sounds like... It's a sex sofa. Like you're making love to the sofa. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it, Taylor. I can't handle sexy <laughs> Taylor coming back. She has to stay in the box, please. I beg you. Okay... I can't continue. If I keep talking about this love sofa, she will come out. So just tell me about Erin Ember. Okay. Erin Ember was an American Egyptologist, and he was friends with many of the people who were present when the tomb was opened, including Lord Carnarvon. Uh, Ember died in 1926 when his house in Baltimore burned down less than an hour after he and his wife hosted a dinner party. He could have exited safely, but his wife encouraged him to save a manuscript he had been working on while she fetched their son. Sadly, they and the family's maid died in the catastrophe. The name of Ember's manuscript? The Egyptian Book of the Dead. That's shady as hell. Mm -hmm. I can't believe she was like, no, go get your book. Yeah. I don't care how good your book is. Leave it. Yep, leave it. Go. Chop, chop. Get out of there. I can't. I can't talk. I would definitely go back in for something stupid. Like what? I don't know. Anything. <laughs> oh, I made it out too fast. I gotta go back. I, <laughs> I left my favorite wooden spoon in the kitchen. Okay, maybe not wooden spoon. <laughs> Who the fuck has a favorite wooden spoon? You don't have a favorite wooden spoon? Are you from, are you from the fucking colonial times? No. Jebediah, <laughs> your wooden spoon. <laughs> I made him that wooden spoon. I want to play spoons. Ezekiel, I want to play spoons. Get your favorite one. You know it flips him real good. <laughs> no, I'm thinking... Did you know that I have, like, multiple people in my family tree that were named Ezekiel? Is it Ezekiel or Ezekiel? Ezekiel, whatever. They're dead. Doesn't matter. They're dead. Them and their wooden spoons. Burning in hell. <laughs> Fools. Whew. I can't believe Anyways. you call me out about my favorite wooden spoon. <laughs> You were with me when I got it. We were at Ikea, and I got a new wooden spoon, and I love it. <laughs> it's got a good heft. <laughs> okay, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I'd go back in for my favorite <laughs> I was thinking, like, my iPad, my cat, I don't know, some, some sort of something that's important. Those make sense. But, I was trying to think of something that was stupid. But now that you're making fun of me, I do have my favorite wooden spoon. Okay. Whatever. Richard Bethel. <laughs> Bethel was Lord Carnarvon's secretary and the first person behind Carter to enter the tomb. He died in 1929 under suspicious circumstances. He was found smothered in his room at an elite London gentleman's club. Saucy. Soon after, the Nottingham Post, which doesn't say anything, I don't know anything about the Nottingham Post, Wikipedia or whatever the fuck, obviously does not care about 
the Nottingham Post's reputation. The suggestion that the Honorable Richard Bethel had come under the curse was raised last year when there was a series of mysterious fires at his home. Um, where some of the priceless finds from Tutankhamun's tomb were stored. No evidence of a connection between the artifacts and Bethel's death were established, though. Definitely just glossed over the fact that he, like, died of being smothered in a gentleman's club. Does that mean a different <laughs> thing in the 1920s? Is it still, like, a sexy dancer's club? Or is it, like, a place where a bunch of dudes smoke and talk to each other about being gentlemen? I'm looking it up because I'm curious. It's a private social club originally set up by and for British upper class men in the 18th century and popularized by English upper middle class men and women in late 19th century and early 20th century. So. I mean, real talk, there probably was still some like sexy dancing in there, though. Oh, I'm sure. If someone's getting smothered by what? Mm. A butt. A butt. He was smothered by a butt. Ooh. God bless you, Richard Bethel, I guess. Although, if he yeah, had a bunch of stolen stuff in his house and it burned down, what a mess. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Mm. Yeah, none of these guys, or these are all dudes. They're all white British dudes, I'm sure. I'm so heartbroken. That's why, <laughs> that's the thief, thief or archaeologist that's like, mm. <laughs> All right, I'm coming around, I'm coming around. God, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed. Didn't we go to school with someone named something like that? Um, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't Archibald, but I want to say our class president was something Reed. But was that his- Good times. Oh, it was- mm, Gonna bleep yep, that out okay. so no one bugs All him right. on yeah, the internet. Yeah, definitely. But, definitely but yeah. Bleep it out. So, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed. Not the guy who was our- Was it class president? something he was supposed to plan our high school reunion and he was like what no no thank you <laughs> goodbye fair i'd be like i don't want to do that shit i didn't even go so i, that, <laughs> I know you did that's because you i'm a sagittarius you're a sagittarius oh taylor okay <laughs> so proving that you didn't have to be one of the excavators or expedition backers to fall victim to the curse read a radiologist merely x-rayed Tut before the mummy was given to museum authorities. He got sick the next day and was dead three days later. B-b-b-brutal! Which, some of this, I'm just like, this just sounds kind of like happen chance, like, or happenstance. I like happen, happen chance. I love to make up shit. <laughs> I can't help myself. But yeah, no, it could have just been, I mean, bad luck. I am curious, like, he just got sick and he just died three days later. Yeah, these didn't give a whole lot of information. I expanded on the the first guy because um, I looked it up. And then you got tired? Well, the rest, I was like, if each one is this long, it's going to take us four hours to get through this. So I was like, I'm just going to leave the rest short. I can get behind that. Ooh, James Henry breasted. Taylor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Taylor, yes. <laughs> Taylor, no. All right. Well, okay, you want me to say, like, an unsexy way? Breasted. <laughs> Breasted. <laughs> say, like, a mouthful of marbles. Breasted. Another famous Egyptologist of the day. Egyptologist. Was working with Carter when the tomb was open. Shortly thereafter, he allegedly returned home to find his pet canary had been eaten by a cobra. What the fuck? And the cobra was still in the cage. Since the cobra is a symbol of the Egyptian monarchy and a motif that kings wore on their headdresses to represent protection, this was a rather ominous sign. 
Thrusted himself didn't die until 1935, although his death did occur immediately after a trip to Egypt. Strange. Uh, and then the final one is Howard Carter. Carter never had a mysterious, inexplicable illness, and his house never fell victim to any fiery disasters. He died of lymphoma at the age of 64. His tombstone even says, May your spirit live, may you spend millions of years, you who love Thebes, sitting with your face to the north wind, your eyes beholding happiness. Perhaps the pharaohs saw fit to spare him from their curse. Or it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to congratulate you for breaking in and letting all these assholes steal shit. Yeah, well, isn't he the Just one that was say. like, haha, take this hand, I chopped it myself. Yeah, so... Mm, Carter can get fucked. <laughs> Alright, so is the curse real? No. According... Not according to the British <laughs> no. Medical Journal, which did a study in 2002 on the survival rates of 44 Westerners whom Carter had identified as being in Egypt when the tomb was examined. The curse was said not to affect native Egyptians, so they are not in the study. Uh, the study compared the mean age of death for the 25 of those people who were present at the opening or examination of the tomb um, with the others who weren't. It found no significant association between potential exposure to the mummy's curse and survival, as well as no sign at all that those who were exposed were more likely to die within 10 years. Uh, some theorists seeking a scientific explanation say that George Herbert Carnarvon's death may have been linked to toxins within Tut's tomb, um, and some ancient mummies have been shown to carry potentially dangerous species of mold, and the tomb walls could have been covered in bacteria and all that cool stuff known to attack the respiratory system. But a lot of people dismiss this hypothesis. They argue that Carnarvon's... What a fucking name. They argue that Carnarvon was chronically ill before he ever set foot near Tut's tomb, and he didn't die until months after his first exposure, and the toxins would have done him in much sooner. Um, skeptics have also pointed out that many others who visit the tomb or help to discover it lived long and healthy lives. Or a study showed that of the 58 people who were present when the tomb and sarcophagus were opened, only eight died within a dozen years. Um, all the others who were still alive, including, I guess at the time, Howard Carter, um, who died in 1939 at the age of 64, the last survivors included... Lady Evelyn Herbert, Lord Carnarvon's daughter, who was among the first people to enter the tomb after its discovery in November 1922, um, and she lived for another 57 years and died in 1980. Man, that seems so recent. Um, and an, an American archaeologist, J.O. Kenneman, who died in 1961, a full 39 years after the event. So, the curse is fake, and maybe archaeologists are thieves. I don't know. There's lots of lessons to be learned. And I've learned them all. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm done. I know, I know everything I need to know. Now we can finally ascend. Go to the hollow earth. Let's, we descend into hollow earth. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. We descend into the hollow earth. Mm. Here I go. I'm planning on living on the tiny sun. You can't live on... It's still a sun. It's small, but it's a sun. That's what they think. They don't know. I know. I've talked to the aliens that are inside of the hollow earth. You want to know why? Because I say so. <laughs> I'm going to do like a pencil dive. I'm just going to go straight mm. through one mm. one hole out the other. Perfect. Mm. Into the north pole, out through the south pole. Into the mouth, out through the butt. Goodbye. Tight. Tight, tight, tight. So this one's run a little bit long. We can still give some wrecks. 
but I would say we're probably going to keep them a little bit short because, man, this mummy sure did maybe not kill a bunch of people. Yeah, it did. It didn't. What are you doing that's cool? Anything? Not really. She introduced me to this new app called CoStar. Mm, yep, yep. It's a really good astrology app that said me and Becca are sexually incompatible. <laughs> I love that that's what you sent to me. I almost brought it up like three times and I was like, I'm not going to bring it up. That's I'm not going to bring it up. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, how dare. <sighs> but it's really fun. I like how I'm like, this is Becca's. I've decided Becca's thing is that CoStar is good. That's fair. I mean, that's good. It's true. I I found out that the person that I'm most compatible with is Daniel. All of our stuff was positive. Ryan and I's was mostly negative. Most of our stuff was negative. And I was just like, man, what does this mean? It just means that we've got an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Rivals to friends to not lovers because... Not sexually, not sexually compatible. Yeah, what did it say? Your senses of passion are not particularly compatible. Your sex life is probably unfulfilling. Ouch. Well, I mean... Ouch. You're also not gay. I know. I'm just saying. I don't think you would enjoy it. I'm just saying that it's rude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I just wish that... We had more in common. <laughs> it's because I wouldn't save a wooden spoon if there were something I was going to run back into the house for. <laughs> CoStar is cool. Okay. <clears throat> yep. I hope you're all sexually... <laughs> Compatible with your friends. Compatible with your friends. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well... I wrote down a list of things because I'm like halfway through a bunch of stuff and I'm not actually ready to make any any hard and fast recommendations on anything. So I'm just going to say I'm really excited about Midsummer coming out in like a week and a half or whatever. And I'm halfway through Chernobyl on HBO and I really like it except for the fact that it's, you know, supposed to take place in the Soviet Union and it's not like they're all British and that just throws me the hell off. They don't even try to sound Russian. It's just weird. I want to watch it, but I know it's going to hurt, and I'm already so hurt. I know you are. It's definitely very intense, but I also, I guess, I don't know. I can, nothing bothers me anymore. I have no feelings. You're so strong. Am I? Mm-hmm. What did CoStar told me? I was finding alternate ways to feel? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it told me that I'm way too sensitive, so. But I like that about you. We all got... We all got dragged a little. Those are my things I'm looking forward to. I'm sure I will have a lot to say about Midsummer whenever it's finally here. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. If you like what you hear, which is us, me and Becca, on Ghost Emoji, this very, very good podcast, leave us a dang review. Not to be too aggressive about it, but the other day I was looking at all these rando one-star and three-star reviews that we've got on there, and it just made me sad because... I feel like we're worth the five-star review. So if you've never done one and you've thought about it, it just takes a couple seconds and it feels great. You don't even have to say anything. You don't have to, like, make a comment if you don't want to. Just leave those five stars. It would make us feel so good and it raises us up in the recommendations a little bit. And it's just, we would so appreciate it. You're doing us a solid dog. You can also send us questions or comments or anything you want to to ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com. 
It works. We've gotten emails there before. I've seen them. The one? I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> and if you like social media, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. We post photos and stuff like that that are relevant from the episode. We let you know if there's going to be any changes in scheduling and stuff like that. Yeah, you follow us on there. We post every other Tuesday. And I think that's it. You got anything else? Any closing questions or comments? Be gay. Do crimes. Oh, there goes an impidimp. But don't steal from tombs because it's fucking rude. Yeah, please don't. Don't do it. All right. Well, I guess until next time, always remember to say uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.